This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. So Jess Boyd, you live in Broccoli. Well, Ladywell. Ladywell. We've just discovered you live just beside lots of other members, including Holly, who you go to forest school, and Holly was on one of our podcasts. And she carries logs. And she carries logs, yeah. And children. She's very strong. And children. her bike. Okay, so you came to Photology Hub in 2019. Did I? November. At the time, I was doing, like, a stronger taster workshops to, like, give women access to wait and to see what they feel like. And then I think you went, oh, I'd like to do this. This is fun. More often. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. We didn't do, a, like, a, a consultation at the time. Or we, we might have done a consultation after that then. It's when you didn't have your shit together. Yeah. Just trying out different ways of getting <laughs> people to sign up. Experiment. <laughs> Come and sign up. Try this. <laughs> Please. I still haven't got my shit together. But yeah, you have. So. You've got two offices. <laughs> two, <laughs> got two offices. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use any of them. <laughs> so you've got two beautiful children. Noah, who's six. No, and Gabriel. And Gabriel, who's just over one. And we will get on to this, because you trained all the way through lockdown, and then you trained through pregnancy, like you were pregnant coming back from lockdown. Is that right? Have I got my timings right? In lockdown. In lockdown. Yeah, you know, like, all the different versions of this gym during the lockdown, yeah. Yeah. Online. Outside. Outside, in here, inside. I was pregnant the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember we used to, so Tuesday mornings, it was 9.30 in our little Tuesday morning group. And you were heavily pregnant then. You I got, got all the right way through my end. pregnancy, yeah, here. And then baby was late, so I got to 10 months and I was like, I need to sit down. <laughs> this, <laughs> is, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, because I think we put a picture of you up on, <laughs> on like social media when yeah. you were like... Very controversial. Very, I got people, I got yeah. friends, I reshared it. Yeah. And I got friends messaging me saying, should you be doing that? That's not a very good picture. Don't do that. What did you think of that? I just didn't reply didn't care. Yeah. by that point it was in a pandemic I just wasn't listening to the news or any negativity <laughs> around me but it's probably a common message isn't it yeah. As a, it's the common thing Noah would have been what four or five at that point yeah so you were lifting him around anyway the, the plate that we put up the picture we put up you had a 10 kilo plate over that your head that was about him that's and, and that's the yeah and that's the thing isn't it that's the nonsense is that we have that strength in yeah. us we're doing that movement anyway and then you come to a space and you do this and sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less. And then people are a bit critical. You oh, well, they're not here. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so you were physically very strong going into giving birth. How, how was all of that? Yeah. So I was already working out with you. Do you know, what? I remember in my consultation actually saying to you, can I still be here if I get pregnant? Because I knew it was that on was the your card. Your plan. Yeah. And I wanted someone who didn't tell me to sit down when I got pregnant. Yeah. Because I was a, I was active with my first pregnancy, but not with a trainer. Yeah. And I just always feel better when I move. So I held you to that promise. And mm. you was amazing keeping me going. I remember we did a lot of stuff around your back and your spine. And yeah. Keep it, yeah. And some zillion squats. And I, everything was adapted. And mm. I also, but wasn't patronised. I didn't have to like downscale if I didn't want to. And that was really empowering. And so during my pregnancy and lockdown, we had, um, I had an early diagnosis of gestational diabetes, yeah. which I anticipated because I had it with first baby. Along with the pandemic hitting, the doctors weren't very nice and were just very damning. They literally said, well, you're Afro-Caribbean, you're this age, therefore 
it's likely this is the trajectory you're going to go on. Um, you're likely going to need medication. You're likely going to have to be induced. You're likely going to have a big baby, all of these things and all of these risks. So I freaked out for about a week and then sought after some advice from some doulas. I had like you, my PT in one ear, my doula in the other ear telling me, listen to your body. So like for most of the pregnancy, I had this like very supportive team that were personalizing support to me. So I was eating the right things and I was moving my body in the right way so that I actually kept the diabetes at bay, never went on any medication and had the birth choice that I wanted, much to the hospital's stress levels. But I kept proving them that I'm okay and I feel fine. Da, da, da. When it got to labour, yes, I remember feeling like the squats were paying off. <laughs> I remember feeling like, right, come on, you can do this. And it, I don't know if this is accurate other than my own experience, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. And it wasn't as hard as the first time. Yeah, it was baby number two. But I do yeah. feel, I just felt stronger. I felt like operation go because yeah. of what I'd put in in the nine months. And that the kind of mindset work that you would have done in yeah. that time as well, we'll talk about yeah. that. But when you say a team of people around you and the work that we did, it was about that. Like we have to get that advice from hospitals and doctors. and They have to tell you the risks. They have yeah. to tell you the risks, but you know, we know how it's done sometimes. And actually there's, there's a human being at the back of it all. And it's like, how do we get the very best from you? So you are empowered and yeah. that I, power is not taken away from you. Yeah, and in the, in the height of like, not knowing what this pandemic was at the time, yeah and being pregnant and being told I had this thing, there was a lot of mindset stuff around telling myself that I am strong. You feel really vulnerable with the virus and with like, should I lift weights now? Or should I, you know, how, how should I exercise? How should I be? I'm pregnant. But yeah, there was a lot of um, work on purpose for me to tell myself, especially as I was lifting weights, mm. I am strong. When my body said not today, then I'd cancel my session that day. But yeah, yeah so that I was able to bring that all to labor and being able knowing that when you're moving and when you're training there's there's options and there's scalable Mm. options and we don't do it anyway lift hard lift very heavy or move very quickly that out of anybody's comfort zone there's a scale that you're happy with and it's about being able to dip in and out of that scale I remember loads of especially and I did the strong women workshop at one point when I was pregnant and I remember being like I feel okay to lift this or flip Mm. this is that all right with you and you was like yeah go for it sometimes if you said that to the doctor they'd be like no technically no because they just read what's on paper Mm. so you can't do that and I found that part really frustrating they kept telling me what I could and couldn't do rather than say this is our advice how do you feel how does your body feel so I feel like here I got to practice listening to my body yeah because you weren't doing anything new necessarily no um, it might have been a new weight but you make that judgment on on how you're doing at the time right yeah like I have a note written here about talking about your personal barriers to exercise mm. and, and to life and you mentioned how according to your heritage you were kind of put into this box and it's like has that been a lifelong thing in terms of barriers in terms of people's it's an age-old thing isn't it <laughs> it's an idle thing but yeah. is what it is and you figure out your way of navigating racism are you stronger because of that i don't know any Was different that? yeah i'm also a mixed race yeah. right so i've got some privileges that the rest of my family don't have yeah if i straighten my hair and i'm not tanned i can maybe pretend to be a bit more white than i am black oh is <laughs> but that yeah have you had to do that when i was a kid like yeah i got a scholarship to a quite a 
good music program and I was very aware that I was the only brown face in the space and that if my hair was in braids one day I'd be treated one way and if I came back and it was straight I was treated a different way yeah you figure it out but also you're from London mm-hmm. so it's not always a big deal until it's been made a big deal in the last few years yeah that was something you just navigated and I was too young to understand it fully then. Is it something I navigate now? Yeah, of course it is, on a daily basis. So where are your parents from? So my dad's from the Caribbean. Yeah. And my mum's English. Yeah, white. White English, yeah. yeah. I grew up just with my dad and just in the black community. My mum was a drug addict and an alcoholic and wasn't able to look after me for those reasons. She was also a bipolar, severely bipolar. Mm. And so one of my forever challenges is I don't want to get sick because mm-hmm. my mum was sick, you know, so I have to be healthy, yeah. which is interesting. So I find it really weird that when I, this is, I'm going a bit off topic, but when I exercise, I find it hard to be like, right, this is it, I'm fit or I'm strong. I always think it's something to aspire to and to keep going at. And my, my partner will say to me, you're such a gym bod. And I'll be like, no way am I a gym bod. And I've run, like, I've done two half marathons at different times in my life, and I'd never call myself a runner. No mm. way. And he'd be like, you're a runner, you did too, you got, you got the medals. But I'd, <laughs> so I always funny. feel like it's something that I have to do out of a fear of not being unwell like she was. And so I'm aware of that. I've had enough therapy to be able to see that and mm. know that I'm doing that. So, yeah, I navigate a lot, but it's very normal to me to navigate it, unfortunately. So was mum kind of more or less out of your life from very young or what age? Yeah, we were together a little bit when I was under five, but she was just a bit messed up. We were a little bit homeless together for a while. We were in shelters together and then she tried to keep it together for a while until people started to realise. And then I went full custody to my dad was it just you at that just me just you yeah so I started school a little bit later than the average person okay dad was a single parent dad black man which is rare whereabouts and where were you East London you're in East London yeah yeah, I'm a Londoner for and through me and dad just worked it out I grew up with a man you went to school in East London as well so primary school secondary school in East London yeah in Newham, in which Newham. is just the brown general community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a very um, Muslim community as, as well. well. There. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of black That's people right. too. So the music, I'm, I'm kind of like trying to figure it out. Like, yeah, so my dad's I'm a musician. Your, right, okay. So dad's a musician. So my childhood was when it's we're not at school we're either in the studio or at gigs okay and if dad needs to go on tour i go on tour and don't go to school <laughs> which is amazing now i look wow. back yeah but now you can never do that you can't take no a way. kid out of school <laughs> do that now <laughs> my primary school were amazing they understood our, our context and allowed me to go and allowed you to do with dad yeah. out of that. what kind of music and where did he so play? dad is a sound engineer so he worked with a lot of pop names and then like later on started working a lot in the jazz community yeah so I, I was like surrounded in it and then my partner's a musician now we're all musos you're all musos and what instruments then are you where <laughs> what's your singing so i sing you're gonna sing for us no i'm bit, never gonna sing for you <laughs> <laughs> uh sing i play the piano and the flute that's the, what, what i studied at uni but and then I went on to be a music teacher. So when you're a music yeah. teacher, you pretend you can play everything, everything. else. <laughs> Kids think you can. <laughs> Year sevens think you can. You can do one tune on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what music school did you go to? Did you get your school? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so when I was a kid, I went to the Guildhall School of Music. OK. Wow. But that was just like as a junior. Yeah. I want to say about eight till about 13, wow. 14. Right. Yeah, so that's why I went on the weekends and on um, evenings and Saturdays and stuff. And then 8 to 13, and then what happened? Secondary school. Secondary school, I was a little shit in school. You were a little shit? Yeah. 
but I swear I was going to be really? famous. So I was like, <laughs> don't care anyway. Don't need school. Yeah. Also, I had loads of issues given well, my mum. Yeah. So that was all playing enough. out. And then... Did you find the school were good with you at that point? Or was it, was so it primary one? school. So primary school was where yeah. I had all of the initial reactions to my childhood. So I was skipping school, walking out of lessons. I wouldn't pick a fight with someone, but I would end up in a fight with someone. <laughs> with I turf. just can't imagine. I just can't help the myself. The I know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm transformed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just an adult and I'll get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my primary school were great. They really worked phenomenally with my dad to keep us all together. Yeah. I was a cheek, as I am now. I don't feel very different, really. Always had a bit of a mouth, always able to talk myself out of not doing the work that I was meant to do but also never kicked out of school because I could get away with doing the bare minimum and then I'd go off and do the music bits and come back to school and plod along I did that I went to secondary school did that a bit more you survived secondary school just got through it yeah got through it keeping the music kept you it's a bit cheesy isn't it it's like save the last dance (laughs) (laughs) didn't keep me I had an amazing music teacher but this is it like yeah so you had knew that like actually I would skip lessons and go to her lesson. Brilliant. So I'd come and be like, maths is shit. Can I go and play the piano? She'd be like, yeah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that was your so therapy was at me. that point, really. Yeah, your yeah. music was your... 100%. Yeah. Um, and so when I left secondary school, she offered me a job. No way. <laughs> yeah, she um, she was moving jobs anyway and was doing more stuff borough-wide and offered me some teaching work. So I literally, after year 11, went into teaching music. Did you? And then um, did that through college and then... I had been like a TA in loads of music classrooms and then was like, I could do that. And I thought, oh my God. And I really didn't want to be a teacher because I hated school, but I just wanted a bit more money. Yeah. Did you <laughs> I, enjoy that coaching, teaching at that point? when Were you uh, at Littlands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And secondary, you just come in and yeah. deliver workshops and go. So I was more like a music workshop person. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I miss that now. It. Yeah. Just doesn't pay enough. So I did mm. that and then trained to be a teacher. Then I was head of music, head of performing arts in two different schools for a while. Now I work in teacher training. What, what schools were you in or whereabouts? Am I allowed to say? Yeah. I worked in, uh, my first school was in Watford. Watford, okay. Really fast because I ticked a box that said I drive. So yeah. they put me in a really <laughs> fast school. And yeah. then uh, my second school was in Tower Hamlets. Okay. Yeah, I loved it there. Awesome. Why did you come out of teaching? Because I was told I was an angry black lady and I need to watch my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I got into a really oh, discriminative conversation. You knew experience. Them. No, that was in Tower Hamlets. I got into oh, a really rubbish, you know, you, you hear it all the time, teachers are overlooked and stuff. So anyway, so I got into a real bad dynamic with one of the lead, school leaders and I realised I'm never going to get a promotion here, am I? You no, don't actually like me. Yeah. yeah, so she said a few things. I think retrospectively, I think she said a few things on purpose to give me the nudge right. and I fell for it. But you were head of department then? Yeah. I'd been like five years, probably was overdue anyway to yeah. move on. Well. And then I fell into teacher training, which is that I love now. Yeah. It's really nice to be able to work with new teachers and talk about teacher stuff. But I miss actual getting on with the music making with people mm. for now. But it works. Family, like, it's really flexible. It's what, yeah. I've got my two boys. It works. So you're in teacher training, which what kind of commitment is that? Because you, you've gone back to work because Gabriel is yeah. over one, yeah. right? I had like a portfolio of teachers. I'd go and visit them, see how they're getting on. New yeah. teachers. Secondary? Secondary. Yeah. Um, some primary, but yeah. not necessarily no. my subject, music. 
And then now I work more virtually on the like curriculum design, pedagogy stuff, research. It's interesting stuff. Not exciting enough for me. But it does the job for now in terms of like, yeah. It offers me like a flexibility and it's a well-being move. I was about to get thrown under the bus as a teacher and I chose not to by quitting abruptly. Yeah. And then had my family. So I feel like it's a smart move. Yeah. Well, you're a smart smart woman. (laughs) Doing that until the boys are a bit bigger and while the pandemic dies out and while we make the most of this whole flexible working lifestyle and then I'll figure out how to change the world one certificate at a time (laughs) (laughs) no more certificates because you're you said you're a sucker for certificates do you know at the moment like a sucker for education basically you just want to learn learn no I think it's really like I need some therapy on this I think um (laughs) I was saying earlier like I've had enough therapy that I just keep giving myself therapy and noticing more stuff so I think I keep calling myself a um, recovering perfectionist and I think that I was, mm. you know, in school, yes, I had the gift of a gab, but I also, like, didn't want to get anyone else upset or wrong or, leave, you know, leave me like my mum left me. Yeah. So I would do well. I'd, I'd get into fights and still get A-stars. You know, like, I'd, I'd yeah. just keep everyone happy. And I think I still do that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and now, now my mum, I've got to be a good mum. Now I do this, I've got to be good at this. Yeah. Whatever I do, I have to, like, do it intensely. So I keep finding myself in this weird habit of like I can't just go to a yoga class and commit to going to a yoga class every week if I can sign up to do my <laughs> yoga teacher training now I've got loads of assignments that I don't really want to do and then I get trapped then I panic and then I do it anyway then I just feed this weird narrative of being certificate heavy I just I'm so over it just want to work in a pub <laughs> do you want to work in a pub and on maternity sing. leave i oh. put a pitch in to buy a pub not you, like an idiot like the old jess hilarious because i had too much time on my hands when you have enough not too Hold much on, time obviously i was looking after the baby baby was sleeping but you know when you just you have enough time to dream because you're not in the rat race for a few months <laughs> that's when you I was signed like, up to that yoga thing as well that's when i signed up to the yoga <laughs> thing and I just my partner's so supportive i was just like so babe this this thing has come up and we'd be amazing and he's like yeah, he's the kind of guy who would just Is be like, yeah, oh, anything I, I say, That's he's like, good. yeah. So, we, uh, yeah, we put in a pitch to get a pub. We didn't get it, but it was really cool to put in a pitch. Proper pitch for it as well. Yeah, there's a lot of work goes into it. Yeah. yeah, so. What kind of a pub would it have been? Describe it. It would have been, oh, it would have been so good. It would have been a community space for everyone that had kids stuff and family stuff and board games and live music and alcohol and non alcoholic mm. stuff and it would be a community space that was deliberately doing the inclusiveness that is now a bit trendy but they don't really want that they just want the money and the hipsters to the spend hipsters, the money yeah lots of money <laughs> like like a nine pound for a pint yeah and open a rooftop bar, an open rooftop bar. <laughs> it's all right i'm not bitter interesting that you did it in a pub space because lots of things you mentioned there is not necessarily pub Related. No, is that it's a community that, space. Yeah. If I didn't leave school because of a really stressful time, I would have been hoping to go into school leadership and headship one day. Yeah. It's still on my radar, hmm. mainly because I like the idea of holding space for people properly and having a good, healthy space that makes people feel like they can chill out and be themselves hmm. and get the most for themselves. And now I'm exploring whether that's still a school. 
because mm. schools are a bit under so much stress. I don't know if that space is going to be a school or a community centre or a pub. I don't really mind what it yeah. is. I'm very indifferent what, what it is. In terms of all the different yeah options. Ooh. No rush, please. I don't want to be a perfectionist. I want to be a old teacher that that has been in a school for 10, 100 years. I don't want to jump loads and no and it's so nice that you've kept it as an option to go back to i know it's something that i will never want to go back into school do you and think teach again i'm no. gonna hire you when i get a school <laughs> oh if come you start a school, school i oh will definitely come back to school <laughs> only if you're running it amazing yeah or a community <laughs> center whatever you do uh yeah definitely think of me so we've talked about training through pregnancy. Well, I had a question around what made you stick with it all? Because there was lots of opportunities. You when... texting me. <laughs> <laughs> Telling me you to just come on. This yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you gave me the consistency that I needed. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're not, I'm not letting you go. Yeah, you were like, come on, you can, you know, you got this at home. You got, you text me like, what, I need to have at home. You got your cans, you got your chair, come on. <laughs> So that was helpful, helpful. At the time. Um, mm. Yeah, consistency. Like, And honestly, like, hands down, the only consistent thing throughout lockdown was Photology Hub. Mm. Yeah. Literally, my son went from um, nursery into school. He was going through his changes. My partner was, well, he was off running a youth club, so he was on the front line. I was yeah. juggling work and being pregnant, and my organisation was going through a restructure. Like, everything was changing. The world is on fire. Except my Tuesday mornings, my Tuesday mornings with you. Pounding me. I needed it. I didn't. I didn't have capacity in my own brain to be consistent. So I was really, really. Yeah, there's definitely something about you that I absolutely love because I couldn't have been on the phone to everybody. I tried. (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer. Um, But I was like, there's no way of letting you letting you away with it. You mentioned earlier about mindset and stuff. You know, there's a lot more going on when you're in training or you're moving mm-hmm. than just the movement and the training and I remember us over the years having lots of discussions about that do you remember anything yeah I did like I said like I think it's a something I'm discovering myself and even I feel like my therapist would be proud of me I don't have therapy at the moment but she would be proud because I like noticed it without her pointing it out that like oh wow like Suzanne's like you know you're getting you're getting much stronger or you're strong or people are, oh you're pregnant you're strong or whatever so seeing that in yourself and, and hearing actually it and being like it oh yourself. yeah and saying it yeah. it's like wow I actually feel really uncomfortable saying I'm strong and posting a picture of me weight training like I hate that image mm. like why do I hate that image it's fascinating and then, like I said, my partner called out, why don't you call yourself a gym body or why don't you call yourself a like, runner or whatever? Oh, yeah, explain that. Explain it's that. the same thing. Like, I don't know. So basically, you've been strength training, you do yoga, and you've run a couple of halves. Uh, yeah, like, I, and that... And so you've never called yourself a runner. I dip in runner. and out of lots of different fitness things. And uh, yeah. for a while, I thought, like, I've just got a reputation for, like, like you just heard my, like, life. I don't commit to... I do commit to everything, but I don't um, have like a one thing that I do and it often doesn't make sense to other people. Yeah. I am very playful and I need that variety to keep me going and focused. I don't know, maybe I've got ADHD, I don't know. I do a lot and I like doing a lot, but I'd never say that I am a one thinger. Someone said to me the other day, it's okay to be a jack of all trades, master of number because something, 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 there's like another it's part the, of that proverb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, is there's for me anyway I've, I'm happy with the fact that like I like the variety of different bits and bobs I do but then I have like this perfectionist headache where I'm like but I need to get 
super good at this one. So my partner said, when can I start getting you some gym equipment for home as a present? Right, because you do yes. so much. And I've, we've got bits and bobs, but we've got a room and he's like, oh, should we buy a bar or should we buy something? I'm like, nah, I've been here long enough to know yeah. how to use the equipment. Yeah. But there's something about the confidence to mm. say, I am strong enough to like set this up on my own in the, in the house and use it, or I can do yoga. I don't need a certificate to say I'm, yeah. I'm good at it, or I'm a yogi or whatever it is. Yeah. I think there's that, like I'm trying, I'm mentally, I think I'm relying on other people to tell me I'm strong. I know I'm doing that, so I'm trying to challenge myself to not do that. But also that feeling like you've done these half marathons, but you don't call yourself a runner. You do strength training, but you don't say, yeah, I'm, I'm a strong fitness person and I commit to that on a weekly basis. And you, know. you have to like, what is it? Get to a certain level and the certificate is what gives you that permission, is it? Yeah, and I, I noticed yeah. that pattern. I really don't like it. Like I just want yeah. consistency without the drama. I can't remember what it was called. Someone else was saying to me that there's a habit of sometimes like you need the, like you're addicted to the crisis. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? If yeah, I'm someone who's absolutely. used to trauma yeah. and used to stress, now that my life is relatively stable, and like it, it wasn't stable in my like earlier adult years, so it's now getting stabler. Yeah. I find it really weird that like I can afford to go to a private gym weekly and I'm making progress and people know my name and I'm getting stronger. Like I'm waiting for the, oh, but your leg's just Somebody to broken pull that or rug something. Out from yeah. Under you. Yeah. So there's that, but also it's the, my mum passed away a few years ago. Okay. After we did get back in touch. So we lost touch for a while and then we got back in touch and then she died. Um, oh. A classic example of yeah. good things don't last very long for mm. me. But I'm working on that not being the truth. How long did you have with her? Six months. Oh, yeah, it's another Jesus. story. But then I threw myself into a half marathon as a way not I to spiral okay. after she died yeah. in my grief. But couldn't I just grieve and not do a half marathon yeah. that anyone else would? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I threw myself into fitness. It's like, okay. But also it's not just grieving. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's yeah, as you said, just... To leave it back, to be <laughs> to to being strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's a minefield for me. And the self-belief, because I definitely would see that in you. Where I think we did talk a lot about your back. That was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember back that. Pain. I read that book that you had in the, on yeah. display. And it was a bit like, let's get you strong. Let's not worry about the thing that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, and let's focus exactly. on the stuff that actually you're really good at and really strong at. And yeah, it's so interesting. So yeah. I had a car accident years ago before either baby. It's always given me like a back niggle ever since. And mm. I did lots of Pilates and yoga to like keep it at bay. And it does stay at bay when I'm moving. Yeah. When it plays up, I think, oh, for God's sake, can't I just feel... Mm. My partner again calls it out and says, you complain about your back when you're stressed. I think it's very much linked to my mind. Like... My back feels it before my brain does. Yeah, yeah, that was probably part of the reasons that we would have connected at that time because I remember setting up the business, Photology Hub, and feeling like an absolute fraud and feeling like, what? yeah, that imposter syndrome around, you don't deserve to, you know, run a health and fitness business Why and this, not? that, and the other. Yeah, that constant. But my back was the biggest thing around that. And it was before Zayden, actually. How am I going to have a child and with this back pain? And the back pain How became the thing, thing yeah. that I worried about. And maybe that is something that, yeah, yeah. it happens as, as you get older as well. And you're like, it so feels like 40s. Yeah, yeah. 
It's really not yeah. a thing. And when my son jumps on me, my back pain's not there mm. because I haven't got time mm. to think about it. Actually, to pick him up, like yeah. it's fascinating. Because I was away for a weekend with some friends, and th- within that group of friends, they're all Irish friends, and they were just physios and osteos and this and that and the other, and they were all like, "Yeah, look, you haven't got the flexion in your ankles, and the, you know, and oh, look at that leg's shorter than that one, and whatever." And then I had one friend who kept really quiet all weekend. And then we were coming back on the train and she said, Suzanne, you've always had that back. That's the same back as you've had for the last, you know, 30 years. Why is it sore now? And Mm. it was a massive transition in my life. So I'd given up my teaching career and I was moving into setting up a business that I didn't even know, you know, would work. And and that's why that book that you mentioned just now, I can't remember what was the name of it. Something about pain. I'll get it because I'll make sure we put it in there. Yeah, in the it was really book. good. I bought it. Yeah, it's oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. it's the, it's the link. It's basically the brain, yeah. isn't it? It's like the brain holding onto that stuff. When yeah. actually, yes, there's a reality to it because you are in pain. Like the pain is there, but how much the mind is responsible yeah. for that and how it holds onto that. I don't know how technical this is, but speaking to someone who one of my physios that I had before, and they said muscle is dumb. Like it just remembers whatever you tell it to. Oh yeah. I just that's thought, it. oh, that's interesting. That's really Because I do keep telling it, it's an issue. It's a sore spot. I need to be careful. It's easier to find something to be distracted by than be brave and set up a gym or change a career or buy a pub or whatever it is. Like, yeah. it's easier to do that than to say I'm busy. I can't afford it. I can't. Yeah. got time. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So then I get myself tied in a knot because I have these two voices. Yeah. And then I just apply to do stuff, and I'm then too busy. But then I've got a supportive family that say go for it anyway. Yeah. And, like, oh, and then the self sabotage kicks like, in, and then it, and yeah. then I have to like quickly reflex and be like, oh my back, oh I'm busy, oh like no one's <laughs> I've got to go like you know all these things. Yeah. To chicken out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not chickening out of it, is it? It's like it's chickening there out is a fear, it. though. There is a fear mm-hmm. of imagine if you were that famous musician. Yeah. Imagine, you know, yeah. if you did feel really strong and great about yourself and yeah. deserving that. What happens then? What You've happens got then? nothing to yeah. blame. Nothing to blame or nothing else to strive yeah. towards. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm looking yeah. forward to not being like that. Yeah, but it's human part nature. of your makeup, isn't it? And it's like you're a beautiful, amazing person and it's like that is part of who you are and it's yeah, like it's both. part of how, yeah, you being humble and then being able to have conversations with other people around the same thing and, yeah. you know, and actually kind of using that part of you as a positive rather than it beating yourself up with yeah. it, right? Tell us about your once a month hotel visit. <laughs> I can't Do believe you wrote that down. <laughs> so at the moment, that was a fucking brilliant strategy. Yeah, I'm very practical, and this is I don't know. Is I don't know if this is official. I was raised by a man, so everything has got practical. Yeah, link to it for me. It's like yeah, I just need to. Not that women have we have of course we're practical, but I'm very tired. Baby's not sleeping. I'm definitely not the perfect mum that that doesn't exist. <laughs> We're not in a groove. We we haven't come out of the pandemic bubble yet. I feel like myself and my partner, we were just holding our breath through all of this and pregnancy and my work with restructuring and he was on the front line and my son was transitioning through schools like and the gestational diabetes and all of this stuff. I feel like now I'm letting out a sigh. My son's now turning, uh, is in year one. He's going to the barbers this afternoon to cut his hair. I'm coming back to that point. He's just just making all these big decisions to be grown up. And so um, we're tired and we keep noticing that we're 
hitting a brick wall with being tired and we're just going to have to be tired for a while. One practical solution we're experimenting with is that once a month, both of us get 24 hours to go and stay in a hotel and sleep and drink and do whatever you want to do but stay up rest, all night stay you have yeah, to sleep yeah. it's the yeah. not being interrupted in the middle of the night mm. or in the morning go and have a lie-in yeah because sometimes sometimes we would do like a day all day and we, I might go and visit friends okay or I might go to the theatre or something but this time I'm doing a put the kids to bed at seven see you later going to my hotel maybe go to the sauna and for a swim maybe watch some Netflix <laughs> and fall asleep on my bed and then sleep in. When when have I ever slept in? Sleep in until checkout, which is like 11 or something. And then get on the train, come back home and then carry on our day. They won't really know like that I wasn't around, no. but I will have had that a bit more just, sanity. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying that as a, a alternative to actually trying to get babies to sleep. <laughs> or even trying, you know, when you're like trying to have some times for yourselves, like yeah. both of you, which is just not really possible at the moment, is it? Just to think yeah. and finish a train of yeah. thought and journal yeah. and paint my nails and not let them not get chips 20 minutes later. And, you know, like just so how many to be somewhere. How many um, times a night does your child still wake up? On a bad day, maybe three. On a good day. I mean, yeah, last night he Jeez. slept through, quote unquote, which okay. meant he went down at seven, woke up at five, which is normal. Okay. What hotel are you going to? Uh, Crown Pl- to? I'm going to Crown Plaza in Docklands because that's the hotel that um, I got married in. Or got ready, got oh, ready in. I got married in. So I know the hotel very well. Yeah. I like their sauna. I like the swimming pool. And it's on the dealer. Amazing. <laughs> straight there, straight back. Yeah. Easy. And you can get points. So we're both going to just use that hotel and just collect points and make it cheaper, make it a lifestyle. <laughs> That's what oh we work God, for, I'm really. coming in on this. I'll get Amber <laughs> on do the it. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about your journaling. Oh you just let God. that slip out there, didn't you? Just do you journal? Do I journal? Yeah. Like, I scribble down my thoughts a lot. It's a tool I've had since I was a little girl when life was stressful. Yeah. But I don't, like, say dear diary every day. No. But I write down stuff. Does that is that a journal that is a journal like by your bed and it's a journal or is that just a notebook that you might put a shopping list in as well or a, like both how does so i've got like i'm a serial journal buyer i've got like <laughs> about five on the go yeah in theory i buy them all for different reasons and then they all get jumbled up because i don't know where yeah. they all are yeah so yeah they usually have like <laughs> they usually have like i'll do some um, bullet journaling so some like pretty designs and nice. these are my goals and these are my thing and then next page would be like I hate life. What am I going to do? I'm stuck with two kids for a really long time now. And then the next page would be like a song or the, a half written song that I'll never get to finish because I've got kids. Yeah. And then the other page would be like shopping list or things to remember. <laughs> well, like, you know, like, so yeah. yeah. But I'm, ha- I'm like accepting of that. So yeah, so, but I do find journaling just a helpful way to get out of my head. Yeah. My head feels stressed and busy and you put it on paper and it doesn't look as bad as it feels. And you can start to work on things. And then when you read back to things as well, you're like, yeah. wow, I can't believe I was actually in that space. Yeah. Thinking, yeah. I've yeah. got, and that's what I was going to do and Matt even never did, but I've got like trails and trails of like my thoughts from the time I was a little girl. Do you? Yeah. yeah. But, but it'd be cool to like put that in order. Yeah. So when I die, someone else doesn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but do, do you might do stuff with that later yeah. on, right? And you, But the fact that you still have that is... Exactly. The sheer therapy that that will... By just going back, yeah, and doing that. Look, I journal. I've got my one tattoo. Yeah, I journal. It's like a 
handwriting of the word hope, hope. on my arm, literally to not forget. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm really bad at being hopeful. To your journaling point, if you come to, ever yeah. come to come round, I write things down and I put it up everywhere because I, again, this is a mind thing. I don't always trust myself to remember the good stuff. Yes. Because I've had a lot of trauma or whatever you want to call it. Like I have to deliberately tell myself good things. Yeah. Okay. And so, a while ago, I got this tattoo that just says hope, because sometimes I'm not very hopeful. Do you know the Banksy little girl with the balloon? Balloon. Yeah. And that is represents hope. Amber's got that tattooed all of her side. Oh, like loads of balloons. Just one balloon, one one little girl, but all for the same reasons. Yeah. Oh, not for the same reasons, they're not the same, but yeah, that kind of like... Reminder. Try and remind her, or, I mean, this was a long time ago as well, just that, that, you know, it's okay to dream and life will change. And it's interesting because when I got, I can't remember how long I've had this now, I think it was before kids as well. But like it was probably for a different reason, mm. and like now I'm like, oh. So other times when I'm when my mom died, I was like, oh fuck off, like yeah. talking to myself and like yeah. not looking at it. Yeah. But then other times I'm like, yep, yeah, it's still there. And I think like I care a lot about both. Like there's not in or out, right or wrong. Mm. All of that is just like life is messy. There's good mess and there's bad mess, but mess is real. There's not like hope and then no. failure. But like there's hope in everything yeah. without Disney. It's in there somewhere. And so when things are really, really shit, well, I'm reminded of the shit times I remember. There was also yeah. other options up in there. And a strategy to remember that, isn't it? Because it exactly. would be very there's, easy yes. to fall. The tattoos are a strategy to yeah. remind yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's what journaling is. There's the link. Tell me about your son's haircut. Oh. When he's getting all adulty. In about... What's happening? Two hours, yeah. He, um, he, I mean, he's six. Our parenting style is just honesty Great. and Lord of the Flies a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and we always talk about consent and our bodies. And yeah. he has, I've never cut his hair. And <gasps> um, we've always talked about hair being, well, hair for him, for us has been a, a point of conversation. We've all got big curly hair in our house. And his boy, so he shouldn't have long hair, shouldn't have long curly hair, all of that stuff, lots of comments. Before you go into that bit, I remember you telling me what you used to call, how you got him to be proud of it. Oh, yeah, his crown. Yeah, his crown. We need to talk about Zadie's hair. Yeah, and Um, I love that because, yeah, Zadie has curly hair. Not quite the same, but... But big curls. But curls That are going to get longer. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so we used to talk about, I really, I shouldn't do, but I really, not used... But having my first son, I I had a big wrestle with being a woman, being a mother, because I didn't have one and my one wasn't that great. And so like, he really did teach me how to look after myself too. So we used to do our hair together every week. (laughs) So that was when we had like, let's go look after our crowns. We've got to look after our strength hair and all of this stuff. So he turned around like a few months ago and said, can I cut my hair? And we said, believe in consent, right? So you're like, okay but basically uh, now i need to wash my own hair and look after yeah. my which is fine so yeah so today he's gonna get a big chop but do you know what else i'm really really proud of he wants to donate his hair to some like cancer hair oh, wig donation fantastic. charity thing so yeah so he like he's really up for it. Like, even yesterday i was watching it i was like you sure are you really sure sure it's like you know really long so six years you've never had to like even never just- trimmed it Never trimmed it. Never. Tr- He's got hair longer than me. Fantastic. I'll show you a picture afterwards. Yeah, definitely. And so is it like a once a week, both of you 
how yeah. often do you do the hair thing and then yeah, how once, many hours is it like it's a, it's a camera it. yeah so once a week we'd just wash and condition it and then we'd watch a movie and I will braid his hair camera his hair which I've gotten quicker yeah over the years yeah luckily for me and my emotions baby number two is about to grow his own afro <laughs> and right, that, okay. so I will still have hair to do, <laughs> you can do that right okay um but I'm really yeah. proud of of my son for saying like That's this is what I want yes can I do it and and like we've tested him a few times being like you still you don't want like a top knot and you can shave the sides and still have a long hair he's like no I want it to look like this and he's got a picture and what, is, what does that look like just like a I don't know what it's called but like short back and side so he'll have, okay. he'll have curls but not enough for me to camera anymore and he can do it he'll learn I'll have to the next thing is the next few weeks I'll have to teach him how to wash his own hair and yeah. sort it out and then that's it him and his dad can go to the barbers after that it's nothing to do with me it's your own body unless he's like and I want long hair by the time I'm 10 yeah 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 until he regrets it and then he'll be a teenager he'll be like mum yeah. do my hair until yeah. um, maybe girlfriend does it which <laughs> I'm not looking forward to but he um, also lost a tooth this week so we feel like it's a massive I know it's oh, silly wow. it's really no, silly no, but big. it's also like big in his world it's huge right yeah. I'm like right, that's it now puberty after this <laughs> no he's yeah. six for god's yeah, sake yeah but what else is gonna happen like he's gone from all these like developmental yeah. stuff this is it his tooth and then a few more years and then <laughs> right mum <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's what we're doing today that's but it's funny because he's talking about linking it in we talk about uh, his hair is is where his strength is and yeah. it's fine just to give him confidence so it. when he's yeah when people are banging on about his hair and now um, I have to say to him Okay, your, your strength is in your heart, not your hair. Even if you chop your hair off, it doesn't change. Because yes. tomorrow and for the rest of the week, people are going to say, oh my gosh, you got your hair. Like he's going to get that from his friends, his teachers, his family. Yeah. And so prepping him, we're like, yeah, my body, my choice. Yeah, because you, you say like, and all that stuff. But there's a lot of people that won't understand and all that stuff, that especially listening to this. So mm. when you say that, I mean, we were having conversations before yeah. about that whole like people actually making comments about your son's hair and even, yeah, touching, even my own hair. Yeah. And touching his. Explain that. Explain Why that people is. find big hair fascinating and some people think it's OK to pet your hair or to yeah. touch it or deem it as messy or like say when your hair is messy or not you know you've got curls like mm -hmm. and and like even when I started teaching my head I would make sure I had those fresh GHD hair straighteners to be professional you know like yeah. I would never have my hair like this when I first started teaching because it's Describe just what your hair is like now. just out in curls yeah so you get paranoid that it's considered messy or unkempt or not professional or whatever yeah. so yeah so like having a boy child with long hair with long curly hair he's very susceptible to people saying you look like a girl you look messy whatever you know like when are you mm. gonna cut your hair grandparents being like come on let's go to the barbers like you know like mm. so there's that so because of that and and generally because of the politics of hair like we we're very honest with him about stuff like that but then like even in the bath yesterday he said so we was about consent he's like so can I get a tattoo? Or can I get like, <laughs> where does this consent? I said, you know, with A, we'll talk about another day. We talk quite honestly with him on, on most So things. the word consent, he understands now and you're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, around yeah. that subject. You're not just saying, yeah. this is your body. Nobody, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's this is what this means and we're really getting yeah. into that and explaining that now. Yeah. 
Uh, You're going to have all of this to come. <laughs> I'll be knocking on your door. <laughs> Jess, how do I deal with this? Yeah, he also learned how babies were made as we were having baby number two. So yes, of course. He's gone through that pregnancy and been like, right, homeschooling it is. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way. I was talking to somebody, we were at a barbecue yesterday, actually, and we, he was talking about his child who was four, just about to go five, and talking about how sensitive his son had become and how, you know, at one point it was just like, yeah, just throw dive into anything and take it all as it comes sort of thing and I was like is there a little bit of that because of the society and the world we now live in we're talking to our children who you know from the age of two about they're gonna have to look after the planet and you know the stuff that we really didn't maybe we were shielded from a little bit or it was just we were all just kind of plodding along anyway and it didn't really matter but maybe not maybe it just depends on the child's personality and it's your I have really found in the last like six years we have to really know what we believe and yeah. get really sharp on it and then explain it because of kids you have to explain it really simply right mm. and in our house like I said about the inclusive spaces we care very much about love and being loving full stop that helps to drive how we talk about most things right why are you picking up the litter because you love the planet yeah why are the different types of families? Because love is love. Why am I letting you cut your hair? Even though you can see that I'm upset you're cutting your hair because it's your body and you love yourself first. You know, like, yeah, so, so that's cool. When we're explaining him things to him and even like my mum passing, he went through me seeing me grieve yeah, and asked me, why am I crying? You know, like we, yeah. I've had to be super honest on mm. how I feel on everything. So yeah, we're very clear on why we do what we do but the underpinning thing is love and that's it and that helps us to and that's how like work out stuff little people change you because you have to become clear like you yeah. can't get away with oh, I just don't oh, go to church anymore you know I was yeah, yeah. brought up going to church every week yes. and it's like why okay we, I need to like actually think about this yeah. and explore what it is that I want how does that look in in the the family setting how does it yeah. look when I then uh, and bring him back to Ireland so we were at a christening a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I had him on the altar I was kind of taking a piece of it because I was sending Amber pictures of him <laughs> in a Catholic church you know and, uh, <laughs> um, but again yeah how we're gonna yeah explore that whole whole idea of different religions just when you come from one exciting time. just say they're not being nice and I think everything can be age appropriate yeah they, these people were not nice to people, so we don't go there. Mm. There are places that are nice to people, and we yeah. go there. And there are individuals within, you know. But it's bad fair. things happen to people, and that sucks. Yeah. But that's not everything in its entirety. It's like talking to our son about slavery. You know, yeah. like bad things, really bad things happen, and that is really not fair. And it's having it's it's still having a knock on effect. Mm. But that's not everything, is it? Mm. And you, history doesn't just come from that. You can always like explain it but it just takes a lot of effort for you yeah, to come well, to yeah, those terms it's, first it's coming to it and just thinking about it yourself isn't it and then being able to yeah put it into yeah. a context language they all, yeah, and they'll just go why? why why and they go why? all right then and then like years later like, remember you said this thing <laughs> well thank you so much thank you Reclaiming Yourself, the podcast, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. If you enjoyed the conversations, please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free.